You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers! Happy Tuesday! Hello! It is the beginning of another week. Yesterday was Monday. For me, that's often the hardest day, so that's done and over with. The rest of the week should be a breeze. I am so excited. I always get excited at the beginning of a new week because I can always redo something that didn't go well last week. I always love to, you know, incrementally up-level my week. So if I meant to do something last week, i definitely make it a priority this week. Or if I didn't do it so hot last week, i make sure that this week, I nail it, and I walk away feeling confident. Cool. What does the rest of your week hold for you? I have just announced an online workshop for expectant parents. I've teamed up with a pediatric sleep consultant, and we are going to help prepare you for the postpartum period. So I want to help you know what your expectations should really look like versus what they might look like or what other people have told you that their experience was like. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be a really gentle experience. It can be something where you feel very supported. Change, of course, and intense, of course. I mean, your life is changing changing radically, but it doesn't have to be this very intense in a bad way thing. And that's what I want to help bring to light. I want to help set you up for success. So I'll tell you um, what you can do to get your postpartum to be this gentle place of change, no less, but supported change. Um, I also want to help you know about feeding your baby and how you can get other people to help with sleep and what about postpartum mood challenges. All the things that you need to know about bringing your baby home and the first few months of life with them, I am your gal. Then the second half is going to be all about your newborn sleep. So um, Kate is her name and we we decided that we wanted parents to know a realistic time frame of things and also a realistic expectation of what most babies look like. So Kate is going to handle that. She is all about a gentle approach and she wants to meet families with what they're currently doing and help them get to a path of something that's working a little better. Even if what you are doing now works, could it work better? Could it be gentler? Could it be, you know, more supportive of your child's development? Or maybe it takes you forever and she could cut your, you know, time that puts your, that it takes to put your child down in half. Whatever it may be, check out the event. I'm going to link all of the, the links in the show notes so that you can get tickets, reserve your space. It's only open for six families, so this is meant to be a very intimate event. 
we want to get down to the nitty-gritty of what is happening in your particular um, situation right now and what particular fears, concerns, worries, thoughts, questions, ask, information, resources that you need or have for your infant sleep, the postpartum period, all of that stuff. We want you to leave feeling like postpartum is going to be a breeze because if you have the proper support in place and you do the proper preparation, no doubt it doesn't have to be as hard as I think a lot of people think and experience it to be. So on that note, let's transition into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 71 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. Wow, 71 episodes. That is insane. I never in a million years thought that I would get here. So thank you so much to all of you. Today's podcast guest is Liz Bain, and she runs a health concierge service here in Boston. Now, y'all know that anything with concierge is appealing to me, and so I started to look into her, and I went to see her uh, speak at an event, and we have become very close, and I have learned so much from her, and I realized that she gets it. She really understands how to break this stuff down and talk to people who know nothing about gut health. And that was me. I kept asking people about gut health and I was looking it up and I was researching and I just realized that there was so much that I just didn't know. And it was building blocks. It was the basics that you needed to know in order to talk about gut health. And I don't have time to look into that. So... Liz played this very crucial role. She filled this void that there was. And I'm so incredibly happy to have her on here because I think so many of you could use this information. I actually think every human could use this information. But my listeners specifically, you could use this information because your gut health impacts every single thing. That is going on in your body. Liz is telling us about the four most important things that impact your gut health. And I think a lot of people are going to walk away thinking, Ooh, I've got some major changes to be done. We're also talking about foods. Foods that hurt your gut. Foods that support your gut. Foods that are healing in, in you know, the case that you've done a lot of damage. This episode is really going to blow your mind. It blew mine, and I have known Liz for a minute now, and so I thought I, I thought I was going to not be so surprised in this episode, but I am. I learned so much, too. So buckle your seatbelts up, grab a pen and paper, be prepared to hit pause, hit the rewind a few times, and take a lot of notes. Villagers, Please welcome Liz Bain. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hehe. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. And yes. thank you all for listening today. It's great to meet you all. I'm so excited to have you. I am always so blown away with all of your knowledge. I knew from the moment that I met you, I wanted to have you on the show. And then I heard you speak a few weeks ago, and I was totally, oh my goodness, just overwhelmed with like, I need her, right? So I'm super excited to have you on the show. 
I always love to make this personal connection between the people I know and who I have on the show and our listeners. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are as a person? Sure. Thank you. Um, Well, that's always a very broad question, but I am a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. um, And I'm 56 years old. And at my core, I'm deeply passionate about living a beautiful, grateful life. Um, I have two daughters who are 22 and 25. Um, I have a husband of two years. I got remarried and we're living what we call life 2.0, which is a life of gratitude and love. And, um, And I'm a practicing yogi of 15 years. And every day I wake up and I try to meditate and be grateful and live um, a beautiful life. I love that so much. Okay, so listeners, you can stop listening now because obviously you know why I love Liz so much. So let's explain to our listeners how you got into the wellness industry in particular. Sure. Um, Well, like so many people and women specifically, I basically spent my entire life uh, trying to lose weight and be thin. From an early age, I started to put on weight in high school, college. Uh, By my sophomore year of college, I was almost 50 pounds overweight. I had no understanding of food and diet and the connection and my emotions or any of it. Um, So I spent so many years reading every diet book, trying everything, going to every gym. And about six or seven years ago, I started to see things on the internet at work wellness articles would pop up and I started to read this stuff and then something started to pop on my up on my computer called the the Institute of Integrative Nutrition or IIN and it's the largest nutrition school in the world so I started to investigate and research what was this because this was like speaking to me so after two years of considering thinking about it looking at it I I applied and got accepted into this school, which is a 12-month program to learn about everything about nutrition, plus how to be a health coach and help others. So I did that, and in 2000, January 2018, this year, I graduated from the program, and from the minute I graduated, I dove into building this business. So. And every day I just become more and more passionate about health and wellness. I love this topic. I think that's something that I love and admire so much about you is that you and I walked very similar paths. You found something that spoke to you so deeply and it was like your final puzzle piece. And that's what birth work was for me. You know, that's what the doula piece was for me. And then you hit the ground running. Me too. The first day after doula training, I was like, this is a done deal. 100% locked and loaded. Let's go. Buckle up. Um, (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. How incredible. So I know this, this topic probably seems a little off theme for our listeners, right? There's no pregnancy specifics. It's not about birth or being a mom. I think Liz will have some different thoughts on that for you guys. 
I want to first start off with Liz sharing a really great visual of just exactly what our gut is. And I'm really excited to hear her thoughts on pregnancy and gut health. Great. Thank you, Hehe. So the gut is a very hot topic right now in society, in nutrition circles. But most people who don't read this stuff every day really don't understand it. So I like to provide a gut 101. So the first thing is, is what is your gut? Your gut starts at the back of your throat, your esophagus, goes down to your stomach, to your large and small intestine, and out the back where you go to the bathroom. It is the largest organ in your body, second only to your skin. And the gut, the health of the gut is impacted by four things. Food, the environment, stress, and antibiotics. And the health of your gut impacts your entire being from your brain to your muscles, to your moods, to your body. So caring for your gut, you are caring for your entire body. You're not just taking care of this one organ. It impacts everything in your body. And this is why for a, a pregnant person, making sure that her gut is healthy has impacts the health of her baby inside of her. So not only would I encourage pregnant women to um, understand what it means to have good gut health, um, I would say it for everyone, but specifically pregnant women need to take care of their health of their gut. Does that, is that clear, Hehe? Absolutely, that's clear. I think that that's probably speaking to so many people. I know that you know, so many people who are facing infertility challenges, that's often something that comes up. But if you didn't have any struggles or, you know, you got pregnant on a timely fashion or it just kind of happened to you, I don't think that gut health maybe comes into the picture, if you will. So I think it's really important for people to understand that this is a this is like a human thing. This is just like a person thing. Like you should just have healthy gut if you are like a, a living person. And especially if you are having a baby, you know, making a baby, growing a baby or breastfeeding a baby, it's all gonna, it's all gonna impact everything. It's all connected. So now that we know what we're picturing, talk to me about what our gut health influences because it's much more than those extra pounds on the scale or, you know, the extra fluff on your hips. Great question. So, hee hee, the, the gut and your brain are connected. And they're connected through something called the vagus nerve. And if you have a healthy gut, the vagus nerve is sending messages back and forth saying, oh, let's go exercise today. Let's meditate. Let's eat some greens. Let's get a good night's sleep. But if you have a compromised gut or a leaky gut, which is what people have heard about, the messages going back and forth to your brain and your gut are, oh my God, let's eat potato chips for breakfast. I'm so stressed. I'm going to sit in front of the TV all day today. I'm going to drink a bottle of wine and, and not exercise. So 
your gut and your brain talk to each other. And this is specifically why someone who may be 20 pounds overweight, who keeps trying diet after diet after diet, can't lose weight. Because unless your gut is healthy, your body is holding on to those extra pounds. So my philosophy with my clients is we need to get you healthy first to lose weight, not lose weight to get healthy. So signs of an unhealthy gut or a leaky gut can be anything from headaches and migraines, eczema, asthma, allergies, infertility, digestion issues, bloating, gas, diarrhea, the list goes on and on, ultimately coming to things like autoimmune disorders. These are all signs that go back to a leaky gut. A lot of these things are, you know, things that you experience during pregnancy. So if you already have a leaky gut and then you get pregnant, you might just be making things really, really worse on yourself. Liz, can I ask about like mental health connected to gut health? Is there any kind of connection there? Because we know there's definitely mental health and, you know, being a parent, birth, pregnancy, trying to conceive, the whole spectrum is all connected to mental health. So what about gut and mental health? Are we looking at more of a triangle? It's, it's all connected because if you have a leaky gut or a compromised gut, and it's sending those messages to the brain, those negative messages of stress and carbs, that impacts your mood. So a, a compromised gut impacts your mood. And it could go as far as um, depression, anxiety. And I say that specifically because many people who have struggled with anxiety and depression in their life, once they start addressing it, through food and lifestyle changes and healing their gut, their depression and anxiety goes down. So if you have any kind of mood disorder or mental disorder that you're struggling with, I can't promise that I can heal it, but I can definitely attend to it and lower the symptoms. That is incredible. Yeah, so it's all just so connected. Wow. So our gut is responsible for so much. I feel like, you know, we've really opened the doors to so much that it is responsible for that maybe people didn't realize this far. Isn't that insane? And I don't think so many people think that their stomach is a crucial part to their health. Um, I feel like it's, you know, of course, like eat healthier, we should eat better, but that we don't necessarily think of our stomachs as like part of our health, if that makes sense. Right. And he, he, thank you for putting it that way, because that is specifically what I try to do with clients. I really try to educate them because what we put on the end of our fork and what we put into our mouth directly impacts our health today but even more so in the future. So a person who chooses to eat uh, fast food and chips and garbage every day, they might be fine in their 20s and 30s, but it does a slow, slow negative burn in your body, and that's what leads to disease. If you have a leaky gut and 
the gut lining wall starts to break down from the poor food choices and the stress and the environment, the bad microbe starts going into your bloodstream, which goes into your organs, which leads to inflammation. And inflammation, hee hee, is the leading cause of disease today. So you may have heard a lot of people talk about inflammation-free foods, lower inflammation. Inflammation is the cause of so many diseases, and by healing your gut and eating foods that decrease inflammation, we help prevent disease. I love it. That is so incredible. So I heard you speak a few weeks ago and you just mentioned it a little bit ago, but you always put it so eloquently, the four things that impact your gut the most without scaring the bejesus out of everybody. So what do we need to know about the four things that impact our gut? Okay. So the four things are food, stress, antibiotics, and the environment. So starting with the environment, you have control of your home. You don't necessarily have control of what happens outside of your house, but in your house, you can control what cleaning products you keep, what makeup you wear, what laundry products you use. Cleaning up those products can and will make a difference in your body. Then there's antibiotics. Now, some of us need antibiotics, and I am not saying they are bad, but if we can use them less often than more, that is very helpful. Antibiotics do a real number on our gut. So when we're run down and we go to the doctor and we say, please give me an antibiotic, sometimes if we can treat ourselves holistically rather than the antibiotic, we're doing our bodies a favor. Then the third thing is stress. I'm a big proponent with my clients of meditation and yoga and herbal teas and, herb and uh, essential oils because we need to work on lowering our stress level. Stress level has a direct impact on damaging our gut. So we really need to take a look at that. And last, which is my favorite topic to talk about, is the food. Because every day, every single day, we are putting in our bodies something that can heal or something that can harm. So I could talk all day long about the foods that heal, the foods that harm, but the number one food to feed your gut and to help build those health, healthy microbiome that you hear that phrase all the time are leafy greens. The more leafy greens a person can eat every day, they are literally like, it's like feeding soil, sun, and water every day. So one last thing, Hee Hee, and I'll turn it back over to you, but ask me what I ate for breakfast today. I know that you have salads for breakfast. <laughs> I did. I had a great big green salad with tomatoes and hemp seeds and avocado and olive oil, all things that are great for feeding your gut and keeping it healthy. What are some other foods that we can start to incorporate into our diet that are good for gut health? Okay, great question. So uh, I'm gonna give you about three or four, and these not only are they good for gut health, they're good for healing your gut, okay? So number one, bone broth. 
really good quality bone broth is excellent for healing those little cracks in your gut wall lining. Number two is collagen powder. You can, collagen powder is tasteless. You can put it in a hot tea or coffee. You can put it in a smoothie. You don't taste it and it's really good for healing. It's also good for skin and nails and hair. Uh, third, apple cider vinegar. A teaspoon a day in a glass, in a four ounces of warm water, excellent for healing the gut. There's also fermented foods. Fermented foods is an acquired taste, but they're incredibly great for feeding the healthy microbiome in your gut. And those include kombucha tea, that includes kimchi, fermented beets, fermented pickles. So there might be something out there that you like. Um, there's also something called kefir, K-E-F-I-R, which is a fermented dairy drink that some people love. So these are just some of the foods that help heal your gut. And then you had mentioned um, some anti-inflammatory foods. What are some of those that come to the top of your head? Well, any kind of whole, real food, vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, leafy greens, spinach, kale. These are all very healing for your gut. Um, also, in the supplement area, there's one supplement I highly recommend for anyone and everyone, whether you're trying to heal your gut or not, it's really good for your digestion. He, he, one of the things I find with my clients is almost every single person out there today has digestion issues. And if you don't mind me getting very dirty, many people have trouble going to the bathroom every single day. And hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, people did not have trouble going to the bathroom because all they were eating were very natural, clean foods. There were no chemicals, additives, or anything. So it was very natural that they went to the bathroom. But today, we're eating so many chemicals and so many processed foods that our body does not know how to process them. So our body pushes back and holds on to it, makes it very difficult. So the one supplement that can help at least with your digestion and help things move along better are probiotics. Probiotics are one of the best supplements you can take for your digestion and a healthy gut. Now there are many probiotics on the market. You can go to the grocery store and you can buy one for $10. You can go online and pay $75. So I recommend you do your research, read a little bit online and I can, offer our listeners a couple of sites to go to and try out a couple different brands and see which one you like best. I love it. That is so helpful. And listeners, we will link the probiotic sites or the sites that Liz recommends for your research for your probiotic. Staying on the, on the topic of supplements, anything else that you think we should be incorporating just like your general population and for our listeners just to be safe here's the dumb thing about we're not doctors we're definitely not your doctors please don't take this stuff as medical information come on people just be smart um but liz supplements what is there anything that your average person could just be probably taken more of sure um and thank you for saying that he he we are not doctors and before you take any new supplement 
please check with your primary care physician. <laughs> um, okay, so I also feel strongly about taking omega-3 fatty acids. Um, I know we're gonna get a little bit into good fats later, but omega-3s are something that we cannot find in enough foods on a daily basis, so we need to supplement with that. And healthy, good fats are incredibly important for our entire body, especially our brain. So omega-3 fatty acids. I also recommend um, something that is good for gut health is called L-glutamine. L-glutamine is healing, but it also is really good at decreasing those sugar and carb cravings. So by reducing our sugar and carbs, we're taking a step in the right direction to heal our gut, and L-glutamine can help with that. That is so incredible. Those are my three, probiotics, L-glutamine, and omega-3 fatty acids. I love it. So helpful. So circling back to antibiotics, we talked about how damaging they can be. What about if the damage has already been done? How do we re reverse this, this damage that we've done? Or can we? No, definitely. What's amazing is that the gut can heal itself very quickly. Um, we have this saying in my uh, nutrition program called, given half a chance, the body can heal itself. Okay, so the gut can heal if you give it the opportunity. And what does that look like? That looks like take one week of your life and we're gonna take out sugar and processed foods. We're gonna reduce our dairy and gluten way down. And we're going to increase our whole real foods, our greens and our vegetables and our organic salmon, our organic chicken. And we're gonna take a probiotic, a good quality probiotic. And we're going to increase our fluid intake way, way up. We haven't really talked about water, but one of my number one um, things I talk about with my clients on day one is to increase your water intake so that you are drinking 50% of your body weight in water every single day. So between water, whole real foods, decreasing sugar and processed foods, and taking a probiotic, we can begin to heal our guts. That is so incredible. I do have, I do believe so deeply that our bodies can heal themselves if we give it the right, um, you know, nutrition and love and space to do that. And that sometimes means doing things we don't love, like giving up chocolate or just stopping. Like sometimes you just have to take a break, even if you have a to-do list that is, you know, four miles long. I'm, you know, Sometimes you just have to do it. Liz, you said um, drinking half your body weight. I think you mean in ounces, right? So if you were 200 pounds, you wouldn't want to drink 100 pounds of water. It's in ounces, correct? <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Correct. Yeah. Ounces. <laughs> cool. Okay. So I was like, hmm, I should drink. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. Um, so... We talked about antibiotics. Is there anything else that we should know um, going forward when we're doing our research? So we're gonna link the, the websites, but what should we know going into the research, anything? That's a really good question. I think everything you read online, you may want to take with a grain of salt. In other words, 
everything that's written on all these nutrition sites, some of it's right, some of it's very extreme. And if you're really taking your health seriously and starting to do some research and you want to read about healing your gut, read three different articles from different sites and then assess what's right for you. So if you read something about drinking aloe vera every day, read about it on a couple of different sites. If it seems reasonable, go out and buy it, try it for a couple of days and see how you feel. Does your stomach feel good from the aloe vera or do you have an upset stomach? If you have an upset stomach, it's not right for you. Don't do it. But for somebody else, it might be great. This is something we call biodiversity. Biodiversity means what's right for one person's diet is not right for another. We each have different genetic makeup. So I might love aloe vera. It might be great for my skin, but for he he, it might upset her stomach. So do your research. Try things one or two days, see how it makes you feel. Pay attention to how your body feels. Absolutely. I love that so much. I do want to take a moment to say that there is a place, obviously, for antibiotics. And Liz, you recognize you know, this as well. I just believe it should be done within healthy boundaries because not everything requires an antibiotic. And some things can actually be healed naturally. Um, you know, plant medicine, food-based, just getting rest and water. There, you don't always need an antibiotic. Biotic. However, I will say and give good kudos to our medical world. Um, we we have great medicine here in the in America, but we do use antibiotics so much when we don't necessarily need them. So I think that leads me to my next question of fads. So there's always this or that that's coming up. So Liz, how do we decipher? I never know how to differentiate between what's a fad versus what is actually a new discovery of something that's helpful and we didn't know. And it's like as easy as eating a spoonful of coconut oil every day, you know, or, or drinking a shot of aloe vera. Both of those seem to be kind of fad things. So how do we know what's real and what's a fad? Oh, that's so true. And, you know, right now the hottest fad in the wellness industry in terms of dieting is the keto diet. The keto diet, which is spelled K-E-T-O, is this diet where you eat about 75% good fats, about a third of protein, and about a little bit less than a third of carbs every day. And it, what it does to your body is it helps you burn fats and burn the fat on your body instead of burning sugar, which is what we normally do every day. We burn sugar. In any case, the keto fad right now is big and hot, and everybody's talking about it. So this is what I recommend. We need to take time to determine what we need as an individual and how we feel, okay? People move so fast today. They don't stop and think, my digestion is terrible. My head hurts every day. Once we can take some time to really assess what's going on with our bodies, then we can begin to determine what we might need or want to help ourselves get better. So for someone who's really, really skinny, they, the keto diet is not important because they're not looking to lose fat. But that skinny person may have a terrible digestion and may be bloated every single day. So they need to look at 
things that help with bloating. And again, you need to do your research. Now, as a wellness concierge, I'm trained as a holistic health coach. So when I meet with individuals, most people come to me and say, Liz, I want to lose 20 pounds. I've been struggling my whole life. And I say, great, I can help you. But let's dig deeper. What else is going on? So then I learn that they have an autoimmune disorder of their thyroid, or they have a terrible skin condition, or they go to the bathroom once a week. And then I talk about, okay, this is where we dig in first, and this is what we need to heal. Once we heal that, then we can look at losing the 20 pounds. And when we're looking at their health issues, whether it's digestion or skin or migraines or asthma, we will look at holistic ways to address healing those areas. And usually, he, he, it starts with changing food and lifestyle. It, it starts with eliminating certain food groups that can be very inflammatory, such as dairy, gluten, sugar, and processed foods. And that's very hard for people because people do not want to give up their sugar or their milk in their coffee or their bagel in the morning. And I understand that food is emotional and we're attached to it. So I work with people where they are at. If they say to me, Liz, I cannot do this all at once. We move slowly. We take six weeks to eliminate these food groups. Other people I work with, they just want to do it. They're like black and white. Let's cut it all out today. So I, my approach is very personal. I listen. I ask questions. I try to understand where they're coming from and who, who they're living with. You know, if you're living with five people in your home and everybody lives on bagels every morning, it's going to be very hard for you to stop eating that way. And I try to be very respectful and thoughtful before I ask you to just stop doing something based on where you live and who you live with. Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest predictor, maybe not the biggest per predictor, but a very big predictor of your success is going to be the people that you surround yourself with. And unfortunately, we don't always get to choose who we live with. If you have a roommate situation, then you do. But if you're married and you have children, you didn't necessarily choose those people. You made them, but you, you might not love living with them. Um, you know, or their choices might just be different than yours. So I think it is extra hard. It adds a layer of complication on there, especially if you are one out of X number of people in your family, or maybe you're the only one trying to get healthy and everyone around you is just not bothered by it. Um, so there you go. Hi, the struggles of health, you know, there always is and always will be. I want to move on to healthy fats. How do we get them? What are the foods that give us healthy fats? And also, what does it mean to be a healthy fat versus the fat that's responsible for all that fluff on our hips over there? Right. <laughs> well, I am such a nutrition geek. Like, this is one of my favorite topics. I love talking about good fats because good fats are what our body is desperate for every single day. Yet, over the last 50 years, society and the big food industry has told us fats are bad. 
We have, it has been ingrained in us that fats are bad. And that's why there was this whole development of non-fat foods. So everybody in the last 50 years has gone out and bought all these low-fat, non-fat. Well, the thing that people need to understand is that all that low-fat and non-fat food has been filled with sugar to make it taste good. Because when you take fat out of food, you take out the flavor. So they put in sugar. And guess what's happened to our society in the last 50 years? Diabetes and obesity have gone straight uphill. And that is because everyone is eating sugar and not eating fat. And the more low-fat food you eat with sugar, the more you want because sugar is addictive. So let's take that and turn it on its head. Let's take sugar out entirely and let's bring in these good fats that satiate you, that make you full. Your brain is 60% fat. You need to give your brain healthy fats to operate properly. So we're going to take out the sugar, hee hee, and we're going to bring in all these good fats, which include avocado. Eat avocados every day. Extra virgin olive oil is like medicine, a good quality extra virgin olive oil. Olives, coconut oil, almond butter, MCT oil, nuts and seeds. These are all sources of really good fats. And people still today, even my clients that I work with that are trying to lose weight say to me, I think I ate too many nuts today. Now, do I want you to eat a pound of nuts? No, but eat your nuts. Eat macadamia nuts. They are filled with good fat. And if you're running around one afternoon, hee hee, and you're super busy, and you keep a little bag of macadamia nuts in your purse, all you need are two or three when you're starving, and it takes that edge off, it satiates you, it gives your brain what it needs, and you don't have a sugar crash 30 minutes later. So I cannot stress enough the importance of good fats at three meals a day and partnered with good, lean, organic protein and lots of leafy greens. I call that my magical PFG. P for protein, F for fats, G for greens. PFG to me is the secret to balancing your blood sugar, keeping you full and focused, and helping you stay healthy. I love it so much. That is so hopeful, and what a cute little thing to help us remember it. PFG, don't forget your PFG, people. I love it so much. Liz, this has been absolutely incredible. I feel like it's a lot for our listeners to take home and digest over the week. So if people leave here and they have more questions or you really spoke to someone's soul and they want to reach out to you or they just kind of want to poke around on your stuff and see what you're all about, where can they find you? Okay, please check out one, my website. My website outlines everything about my story, my struggle, and all the programming I offer. And you can find that at lblifeandbalance.com. That's lblifeandbalance.com. Also, I'm all over Instagram at Liz Bain Life and Balance. You can just read my posts and see what I'm all about. And you can also feel free to just 
text me anytime at 508-331-7122. I would love to hear from you. My favorite thing every day is when I get a text from someone asking for food advice. 508-331-7122. I love it so much. You brave souls to come on here and give out your phone numbers. I admire you so much. I just couldn't possibly do it. <laughs> But villagers, you know where to reach me if you do have a question. <laughs> oh my goodness. This episode has been incredible from the incredible effects of food, stress, environment, and antibiotics on our gut health to the link of gut health and making a baby and growing a baby and being your you know, clearest mentally for your family and your babes to learning about leaky gut and what it actually means, what it actually is, and how you can kind of reverse the effects and get yourself back on a healthy path. This has been such an incredible episode. Liz and I are so excited that you took time out of your Tuesday to spend it with us. Thank you so, so, so much, villagers. I will see you guys on Friday. Until then, as always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquillitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers. <laughs>